Hey, this is Pastor Nate Cook, and you're listening to Pontificating Pastors, a podcast where we lock two pastors in a room and let them just talk about anything and everything. So we hope you'll enjoy this episode of Pontificating Pastors. Hey, Michael, how are you doing this week? I'm doing all right. Well, I say I'm doing all right. I have a bit of a cold. You can probably hear that in my voice. Yeah, um, well, we'll we'll record and hopefully we won't get too many sniffles on tape. <laughs> I trust you guys had a good Easter weekend. We did. We had a we had a good showing of people. We had uh, we did it outside. Uh, had service outside. We had a band and uh, and I spoke. I managed to keep my sermon to ten minutes. I think I was 15, I don't think I got to 20, so yeah, always a little shorter on Easter. Yeah, I I try to, that way we can spend more time in fellowship, and so we went straight from uh, the music to the sermon to, or homily, I should say, and then we went uh, from there to communion, and from communion you went straight to get in line where they were uh, grilling some burgers and dogs. Uh, Yeah, that's neat. So uh, we uh, so we kind of continued. The idea was we just continued communion right to the table, uh, and fellowship continued on. The yeah. Lord's Supper was actually a supper. Yeah, we kind of had a supper, so it was it was good. It was good. I I understand that's what the early church did. They had love feasts. Yeah, which, which kind of got them in trouble. Some people thought they were eating people because they're eating flesh and blood so well we had these incredible animals which were somewhat exotic animals that they bring out for kids and our kids and adults (laughs) just loved it it was uh pretty incredible it's amazing to see how just interacting with god's creation like brings people together and uh, amazes people, really. So, I saw the picture of uh, your wife uh, on social media holding a kangaroo. I thought that was pretty crazy. Yeah, and holding it in a pouch because it likes to be in a pouch. And so her comments were that it was heavy and stinky. So (laughs) it was a good experience, but it was... uh, it was every bit of, you know, it's an animal still. And the lemur that was on my head was wearing a diaper, they assured me. So that's interesting. <laughs> that's have to make sure they have a diaper so that you don't have any uh, thing to clean up on your neck, I guess. Yeah. Well, speaking, so. of, speaking of that, getting pooped on, we went to a track meet yesterday. My uh, oldest son uh, was running in a district track meet, he took third in the hundred meters. So we were real pleased, real proud of him. But that's uh, awesome. Sitting in the stands, I mean, there were hundreds of people there, and a bird pooped on Shelly, my wife. Nice. It was. It was uh, <laughs> crazy. It just came. Yeah, there it was. Boom. And uh, we all had a good laugh at her expense. I'm afraid. When I was a track coach, uh, one of our guys, he was kind of real cocky, and he was he was really fast. Um, but we were walking out to practice one day and one got him right on the shoulder. And that kid, I mean, 
<laughs> because he was, I don't know, he's just one of those kids that everybody, you know, he was a real popular kid. And so it was, it was embarrassing for him to have poop on his shoulders. It was nice. <laughs> so I don't know if you've heard down there, but I, probably just from me, but we are in the middle of teacher walkouts here in Oklahoma City. Yeah, and uh, we are on the fourth day today of continual teacher walkouts. And there's been some really interesting things. But one of the things I wanted to bring up maybe for this show to talk about a little bit is our teachers, right, you know, right before they had threatened to walk out, the, the legislature comes back and they give them this raise, although it, it was you know, in the midnight hour, they pulled out a lot of the funding. So it was about half as much as they had thought. And, and and so then, you know, the people in the government keep saying during this week, and and even our governor at times and different lawmakers, uh, basically, you got your race. So what are you so upset about? And these teachers are, are going to bat for their kids, because uh, my kids go to these schools and my kids have never brought a textbook home because they have to share textbooks. The textbooks are outdated, which I think is like a scientist, you know, um, five yeah. years in science and you've got something that's archaic. And right. so uh, they're dealing with all these issues. Well, they're they're there not just about a raise and not just for themselves, but they're there for um, the future, for their students, for their classrooms. Uh, for our state to be, uh, we're number 49 in the nation, to be better educated. Um, and so I thought one of our professors from Southern Nazarene, uh, Dr. Tim Crutcher, wrote this that I thought was really interesting in talking about um, kind of what motivates people. And he was talking about how people will only work so hard for themselves before they get to a point where they say, this isn't worth it. But when they are fighting for a cause for others, for people they love, then the rules of engagement are radically different. And then he goes on to say, think about it. And he mentions our governor. These might be principled people driven by love who don't think they have anything to lose. Do you have any idea how determined such people can be? So it's interesting to me that the, the government can only think about this as, well, you wanted to raise, you got it. And they can't understand what it would mean to give your life for other people, uh, to have something beyond yourself that you're actually fighting for. So I thought that was kind of interesting. It is. It's interesting. The, uh, the profession of teaching, most, most teachers that I've spoken to over the years, uh, I actually studied to be a teacher. Um, I still argue with God sometimes. Why didn't you let me be a school teacher? Cause I, I, and I even take sub assignments because I just love being in the classroom. Um, but I, I think, you know, with the teacher, they use the word calling in the same way that, uh, uh, that, that someone in ministry would use the word calling in the same way that, you know, we're, we're beginning to use that language more and more where we use the word that we, we say we were called to this or we were called to that. Um, and, and I asked a young lady who came to our, uh, our small group just the other night, she said, uh, I feel called to special, to be a special ed teacher. I said, yeah. called by who? And she said, called by God. Right. Uh, I mean, it's, 
it, you know, uh, we used to limit the use of that, that terminology for uh, someone working in the church, but uh, or somebody doing missionary labor or something like that, but uh, but that applies to everyone. Uh, and so, oh yeah, when you when you when you put love in the equation, I think Dr. Crutcher's right. When you put love in the equation, you get a whole different breed of person that you you they're not controllable by money or or uh, some some set of uh, capitulations. You you have to really uh, then become get into a conversation with them. Uh, let let yourself own some of their convictions and then walk with them in solidarity or they're not going to give up. Yeah. And so the interesting thing has been, there have been some, it's been very clear that our lawmakers don't understand their constituents. Um, there was one guy that came out on social media and just basically said, well, we, we've fought for you all year long. We've done this. And now basically by the way you're acting, I'm not voting for another measure for our teachers. And, uh, he immediately went viral and he pulled that video down, but you know how it is. It's still out there. He was running unopposed and now there's a teacher running against him in the next <laughs> election. And, and uh, I think uh, she will probably win because uh, the lawmakers don't understand that, that this has kind of reached a tipping point here and that, that they're fighting for so much more than just uh, uh, money for themselves. And, None of the posters are holding in those crowds. None of them say, uh, we want more money. They say, yeah. I'm here for my students or something. Right. Yeah. And I, I think the, the idea there that you're talking about is, um, you know, every teacher that I've known has invested their own money in their classroom, has invested time and energy um, in people. Uh, it's, it is a profession that is a calling and especially here in Oklahoma where we lose them at an alarming rate to your state, especially, uh, down South in Texas, yeah. um, because really it's almost not a livable wage at some point. And there've been a lot of stories about that. So I just thought yeah. it was interesting to think about, um, being part of something bigger than yourself yeah. and how foreign of a concept that is sometimes, uh, to people who don't understand uh, that that this life is about giving ourselves away. And, and I think that's where the church can really speak into, um, you know, Jesus is the prime example of what it means to live completely for the other, to even give your very life away uh, right. for the sake of people who hated him and spit in his face and mocked him even as he's dying. Um, and that is, that is, the kingdom that we're called to. And so yep. it's interesting to see it play out here in the capital that there are these people who are saying, well, you got what you wanted. And, and even if, you know, it wasn't as much as you thought you got what you wanted. And these teachers are saying, no, uh, we're fighting for these kids. It's been a, it's been an interesting week here in Oklahoma city. I wrote an allegory about how the big yellow dog came and scooped up the kingdom's children and delivered them to the empire or to the emperor so they could be assimilated into his factions. Um, yeah. And, you know, we always called when I was a kid, we called the, the school bus, the yellow dog. Right. Know? Gotcha. And, and so, you know, it's kind of this interesting thing where, um, for years we've been struggling with this. Is it a good idea to pick everybody up and bring them to this place of assimilation? And uh, and and deliver uniformity 
to a bunch of kids, you know, and we have all those, you know, no child left behind rules and, and we have all these arguments surrounding all of those things. It's a, it's a really hard discussion because we know that we ought to educate our kids, but how to go about it is very difficult. And so um, I think it's interesting that what's happening now in, in Oklahoma is, it, you know, it might be uh, where you're 49th in, uh, in the education. You might be leading the way in giving some heart back to the educational system uh, where, where we're really pointing out the fact that, that there is, uh, there's a lot of uh, artisanship in being an educator. It's not all scientific. Yeah. Yeah. And and just seeing the, the links people go to, there's a, there's a group that started marching to the Capitol from Tulsa. That's 110 miles, a group of teachers marching from Tulsa, Oklahoma to the Capitol. Uh, That's at least a three or four day journey if you're going about 12 hours a day. So what road did they use? I am not sure, but I was assuming the turnpike. So I don't know if they have an escort, uh, but yeah, dangerous situation if not, but I think they probably had that stuff lined up ahead of time. So, um, yeah, so that, that was, that's been a pretty all consuming thing around here. And it's, uh, my son's called it spring break 2.0 as part of his, because <laughs> they've been out all week. And oh, yeah. so uh, we're actually going to head out to the Capitol here in a little bit, I think, and just support our, our teachers and, and the work they do because, um, yeah, I've been around so many of them through the church that just uh, give so much to our kids. Other thoughts about about uh, Easter or anything this week that you wanted to throw out there? You know, um, I, I was surprised. Um, oftentimes at Easter, you know, um, we have a lot of celebration and we celebrate the resurrection and we and we celebrate and and it's interesting to me because I've been talking a lot about burying the lead lately. That was the name of the uh, the Palm Sunday message uh, that 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 I preached. Uh, and or that we preached in all the Wayfinders pulpits or both of the Wayfinders pulpits, as it were. Um, and explain that a little bit. Okay. Well, we have we we kind of when we write sermons, we have two Wayfinders churches, and uh, Todd Barker is the pastor of the other, and I and I pastor here in San Marcos. He pastors in Kyle, and we collaborate on sermons so that we're kind of on the same page. Obviously, you know, personality delivers a message differently, and so there's room for. Uh, movement there, but we generally speaking are dealing with the same passage of scripture and dealing with the same content to some degree, at, at least the same uh, kind of major points. And um, right, and so you guys were talking about burying the lead, burying the lead. You know, um, like sometimes uh, when we tell the story of Jesus, we we bury the lead, and it, and it became really evident at Easter that we bury the lead because we even buried it under celebration to some degree because we're like, yeah, resurrection, Jesus, you know. But how, you know, so I was I was kind of taken aback by how little I'm inclined to say the word forgiveness, um, and that's burying the lead. Like if I don't talk about forgiveness, right? Buried the lead because that's who God is. God. You know, in order to forgive, you have to give a piece of yourself away. In order to let somebody off the hook, you've got to 
you know, it's it's part of you, your rightness, right? That right. you have to go of. Uh, I'm right. They deserve punishment and I'm right. Well, in order to let them off the hook, you got to say, you know, I don't care if I'm right. I'd rather be in a relationship with them. And um, and so that's what forgiveness is. It literally is giving oneself away is forgiveness. That's how right. It yeah. And so when we talk about God being the God who gives himself away, he's the God who forgives. He's not the God who holds grudges. He's not the God who, who you know, uh, teaches us how to hate. He's the God who teaches us how to love, and love gives itself away, and that's what forgiveness is. And so I, I just, you know, uh, I've just been thinking a lot about forgiveness. As a matter of fact, our, our entire small group this Tuesday night turned into a discussion on forgiveness and, and what it's like to receive forgiveness and offer forgiveness and how does that bring uh, peace? How does it bring uh, reconciliation? How does that How does that all work out? And uh, what does it mean to to follow Jesus and, and understand that Jesus in, encourages us to forgive? So, yeah, I, and I think uh, one of the things that's interesting to me is that Jesus forgives um, even before he's crucified. You know the the paralytic. So you know which is easier to say: your sins are forgiven, or Get up, take your mat, and walk. And so I, I think that forgiveness, you know, is, is something that's inherently part of who we are, um, that God God gives to us, and then we are in turn, we have the privilege of giving that away instead of uh, holding something. Uh, it's really about control at some points, you know. Yeah. I want to yeah. hold on to this thing I have over you um, and refuse to let it go. So, yeah, yeah, that's good. I, I actually talked this week about the elusive nature of the resurrection and I've never spoken it from that perspective before, but the idea that um, Jesus comes and shows up, we were in John. So he, you know, Jesus shows up, Mary right. thinks he's the gardener. He yeah. says her name, he speaks her name and then she recognizes them. Then what does he do? It disappears. And same thing in the uh, Emmaus text, you know, the the people are walking on the road with Jesus. They right. have no idea who he is. And then when they finally recognize as he's breaking bread, like communion kind of style, um, they recognize who he is and he disappears. And uh, they say, we're not our hearts burning within us. And so I talked about how, you know, on that night, everything changed in an instant. But then there's this kind of life that's somewhat elusive where I don't know about your life, but Jesus kind of shows up here and we recognize Jesus and he says, Nate. And then, you know, seems like as soon as I recognize something, then it seems like Jesus is disappearing again. And I'm uh, always kind of searching, uh, following, uh, but there are moments of kind of revelation. But there's also the day to day where it seems like, is that Jesus or is that the gardener? And that's kind of where we where we went on Sunday. So um Resurrection life is something we continually pursue. So I don't know. That was, it was an interesting way to to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I I enjoyed the whole thing about she mistook him for the gardener, but there was really no mistake there at all. He right. Is the, he is the gardener. I just yeah. like. This <laughs> sounds really good that he still got you know dirt under his fingernails from from creating us. Yeah, we're going to talk about that this week, creation. So it is, yeah, Jesus is the gardener um, of sorts. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Well, we, uh, we're, we're going to keep pressing forward and, uh, walking through the story of scripture this week. So what are you guys up to? Uh, this week we're going to start working on, uh, some thoughts on baptism. We're doing what we're calling Easter tide and we're moving to the end of the month where we're going to have a, uh, baptismal service down at the, uh, at the five mile dam, which is on the Blanco river. Awesome. Halfway between, uh, both where both congregations meet. And so it'll be a, a, a barbecue picnic celebration baptism thing. Yeah. Um, and it'll be public, which is really cool because yeah, baptism last, is supposed to be public. Last year we did it and it, there were, we had nine candidates, uh, nine baptisms and, uh, and they all gave testimony on the banks, and uh, it was pretty cool because in the background there was some gangster rap playing, and uh, just up the up just the, as it should be, just up the shore there was uh, there was some uh, there were some people who had had a little bit too much to drink, and right in the middle of it we were we were uh, baptizing people in the river and uh, celebrating uh, that God transforms lives. Yeah, well, I think you know that idea of the church being called out in the middle of. Uh, society, you know, this called out group of people. That's a, that's a beautiful picture of that. So exciting. When is that baptism? Uh, that's on the 29th. Awesome. 29th, so. Yeah. It's, if that's the Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. The 29th. Yeah. Well, uh, wish you guys the best. And, uh, we, uh, we're going seven weeks through the entire story of the scripture from Genesis all the way through. Oh, a world cool. unbroken. You might have heard of that somewhere no, before. I know that. I know yeah, that. So thing right there. A world unbroken. I get excited. I get excited about that because um it's not a church unbroken. It's a world unbroken. Yeah, that's good. We really have to exist. If, if the church doesn't exist for for uh instead of you know, because sometimes we think the church exists against um and then we then we have to make everybody right. And the truth is, is that we exist for the world. We exist right. Yeah, that's good. And so that's such an important idea that the whole world would be unbroken. That reconciliation would would have no boundaries. Yeah, yeah. That's and that we're invited to participate. And that's what we're going to be be looking at as well. So, hey, I hope you have a great week, and I hope you feel Yay. better. And we'll uh, get back together again next week. All right. Hey, thanks again for listening to Pontificating Pastors. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or any one of the other platforms. We hope you have a great week.